Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, today is a special day here on the Sports Edge. Over the years, I can't even begin to tell you how many fans of the show have asked me when I would have the legendary basketball coach Bob Hurley of St. Anthony's come on the program. (laughs) Well, today is that day. Now, if there's anyone in the tri-state area who doesn't know, let me give you a very brief overview of Coach Hurley's amazing success as a high school coach. In his his long tenure at St. Anthony's over in Jersey City, Bob Hurley won 28 state championships with the boys' basketball team. He sent literally hundreds of his players onto Division I programs on full scholarships. Coach Hurley was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame, which is uh, extremely rare for a high school coach. Uh, His two boys, Bobby and Dan, are head coaches at Arizona State and the University of Rhode Island, respectively. I mean, I could, of course, go and spend the rest of the hour just listing the Bob Hurley's remarkable achievements. Uh, He is that unique and that beloved as a coach. But more than that, Coach Hurley is widely recognized as, as someone who stands for all the right values when it comes to teaching kids in sports. And Bob joins me this morning from Nebraska, of all places, where he is conducting clinics for young basketball players from, of all places, Sudan in Africa. And uh, by the way, we'll, we'll take calls uh, for Coach Hurley this morning at one 337 6666 That is brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Sun Brewfest is back in Mohegan Sun on October 7th. Visit brewfest.com for details. Bob, good morning, and thank you for getting up extra early this morning. Uh, well, my, Mrs. Hurley had me up early, Rick, so I'm ready to go here. You know, <laughs> gotta get, I'm coming home today, so I'm packed and uh, ready to go back to Jersey. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. But, of course, uh, you are in Nebraska, and it's an hour earlier out there, and, and uh, I'm sure you've got your cup of coffee and you're ready to go. But... Before we get into all these various topics, tell tell me about briefly about Sudanese basketball players in Nebraska. Yes, yeah, uh, you know I I only became aware of this uh, about a month and a half ago when a friend of mine, uh, uh, David Ebert, uh, reached out and he he explained that there was a uh, the largest Sudanese community in the world outside of the Sudan is outside of uh, the periphery of uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Hmm. And there are almost 20,000 refugees who came there because there were a lot of factory jobs for the, uh, you know, for the older people. Right. And it became, a, it became just because of the, the original group of people, the group just there was a comfort level, cost of living, uh, possibility for housing. And now there's about 20,000. And... Uh, 
basketball more than soccer or anything else basketball became their uh you know sport mm-hmm. so uh you know i walked in a gym on friday night in a uh, in the inner city actually in omaha and it was filled with uh, probably 100 uh, uh basketball players from early 20s to about 8 years old and it looked like if i was in uh, like a big rec center over in new york city or even in jersey city it was exactly the same uh, pl- uh, all different age groups playing uh you know mentors talking to them about what they're doing it was really amazing and they had a meeting at the end of it with this fellow kd who runs the program he spoke to everybody and unlike maybe the way we are now there wasn't you could hear a pin drop as almost a hundred people stood and listened to him talk wow. it's uh you know they're the true like basketball's always been an immigrant sport and uh, the poor people's sport and uh, you could see in this group of people that they were uh, uh respectful uh passionate and it was just uh, it was uh, they had a dinner yesterday we ran a basketball clinic yesterday to raise money and uh, uh you know so they can expand their program but uh, it was a powerful Day. Well, what, what a re- remarkable story. I mean, uh, I mean, again, I had no idea. I was unaware totally that there were, as you say, 20,000 uh, Sudanese refugees living outside Omaha, and obviously they've uh, embraced basketball as their sport. And um, let me ask you, Coach, did you see any talent out there? Oh, yeah. There was. There is a young man named Ed Chang who's going to the University of Washington, and the, the, the fellow who's running the program played at Indiana State. Uh-huh. There was another kid who, uh, who uh, was there. You know what the amazing thing is? The ones in college on Friday night are back in the community working with the younger kids. Now, we don't, we don't get that. Once our older kids become older, they become immersed in the social life of being a college kid. Mm-hmm. These kids still return to the uh, to the community because uh, they haven't totally, uh, you know, they haven't totally assimilated yet into the into our American culture. Mm-hmm. They're still more comfortable, you know, going home and you know uh, the the Omaha community needs to embrace them more, I think, and they need to try to to get themselves to acclimate to you know to our culture. But it's it's happening. You see, last night. You see parents dressed, uh, particularly women dressed in uh, the garb of uh, of the region, but then you see the younger people dressed to the tees with really, you know, nice suits, and uh, it's a you know a metamorphosis going on there with twenty thousand people, not like five hundred people. It was no, really uh, really amazing. Twenty thousand is a, a substantial number, and and you know what you're describing here, Coach, uh, of course, is the American dream and the assimilations. You said, I mean, America is pretty much. Uh, except for the, the Native Americans, it is a, a country of immigrants. We all know that. Absolutely. Uh, Bob, I, I could talk to you about so many things today, but I, I want to get right into this uh, from the headlines this week about with the, the, the college coaches taking bribes from sneaker companies uh, to influence uh, high school kids, uh, junior college kids to go to certain colleges. Let me just get your immediate impression upon that, because it obviously is something that is, well, it's just going to be devastating to, to college basketball. Yeah, well, I think the first thing is, you know, you worry about, and, and it's happened, you worry about the purity of the amateur athlete growing up when, uh, you know, whether it's someone who has been close to him as a uh, a coach or someone who uh, just develops a relationship with the family. And instead of the child just going through the normal process of, of playing a sport, 
and uh, getting better at it, and then uh, starting to think as they get to high school age, you know, maybe I could, maybe I can play in college someday. And then, you know, we would still even, you know, after coaching for a long time, we would always say to kids, when you get your first letter from a college, frame it and put it up on the wall in your room mm-hmm. and look at that and say, you know, this is the first, this is an indication somebody thinks I'm good enough. And at the same time, now you really need to work hard with your grades because you want to be able to select a college, not go to a school because you had certain academic limitations. So you do all of those things and you talk about the purity you want the kid to have. And now in there somewhere, somebody is stepping in and talking about the college decision based on money, not the particular school. And it's such a terrible, terrible thing because it's destroyed the whole process of why kids go to college and why colleges and what the choice is. You know, what would I like to major in? What place would I, you know, what place in the country would I like to go to school? Would I like to go to a city school or a school out of the city? All of those things are completely distorted by the fact that money now is going to enter into the equation. And it's absolutely terrible. Uh, we're talking, of course, this morning with Coach uh, Bob Hurley. Uh, you know, and I agree with you, obviously. Uh, the, the word you use is the purity aspect, and that's just sort of being, uh, you know, tossed uh, overboard as with the, the, the economics get involved in all this. Uh, and, and apparently, from what I read, the, these arrests are only going to escalate in the months to come. Um, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you think is going to happen here? Are we going to see even more of these things that take place? Are we going to see more names, more programs pop up? Yeah, I think I think systematically, you know, you know the uh, the NCAA would never be able to launch an investigation like the FBI, and then if the IRS gets involved, the combination of the two, mm-hmm. they just don't have subpoena power, and they do not have a, uh, they do not have enough people, uh, you know, that would be able to, you know, do a thorough investigation. Now, I think they've moved on, they've, uh, you know, taken records from uh, Nike. Uh, uh, there are people running from agents right now, mm-hmm. and it, it appears that the next uh, focus will be on that particular company. And then I'm sure because uh, they're not if where there's smoke, this fire. And then there's another one I think under Armour would probably be the next investigation. And I'm not saying that either one has, uh, you know, this, it's going to be the same type of situation. But you're led to believe that if they're all in this right now at the at the um, AAU level uh, with the, the, those kids that are late in high school and they have the, the touring teams and uh, the leagues that. Uh, it, it leads from the sneaker company to the schools that uh, are supported by the sneaker company. Right, so it's I, a uh, you know direct, it's a direct pipeline from uh, you know as we saw first with Adidas and uh, to the different schools, and it'll probably we'll see something similar with the other two. I think. Well, I do want to talk to you, uh, and we have to take a commercial break and an update here, Bob. But I do want, when we come back, I do want to talk to you about all this. Obviously. Uh, the limitations of the NCAA, the, the sneaker company's involvement, uh, and, and what, what goes on from here. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll take a timeout. Uh, Dave Uram has the update. When I come back, we're talking, of course, with uh, Coach Bob Hurley, and I will take your calls and questions at one 337 And welcome back to the Sports Edge, everyone. I'm Rick Wolf, and I'm talking this morning with legendary St. Anthony's coach Bob Hurley. And we're talking about the bribery scandal, the sneaker scandal, which is going to have tremendous repercussions in the world of 
college and high school and travel basketball. And we're taking calls at one 337 6666 Bob, uh, you know, let, let's look at this whole thing from the, the perspective of, of the kids and their families. I mean, as you well know, many of these basketball players come from very poor families. And when money is being offered to help them, well, I mean, to, to pay the bills, pay the rent, that kind of thing, it's very tempting. And, and you can make a case, of course, that obviously it, this is unethical and it's against, uh, against all the right standards. But, you know, the kids, they have a hard time with this, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think what's going to happen now is the NCA and the NBA have to get together, and they've got to uh, increase the amount of money that they will uh, the, that the salaries will be put together now for the uh, the D League uh, teams, mm-hmm. and they have to get they have to get to a point where we're like baseball, where you can sign you know sign out of high school or spend say in basketball two years before you can you know uh, sign a contract. Because the one and done isn't working, and they're clearly in a lot of situations right now, families could use the money. And very frankly, there are kids that would rather get the professional career started, and they're probably, you know, as a phenom, you probably have the ability, like a LeBron James or uh, you know, kids of that nature, where they could start it early. But it isn't for everybody. And you know, I think one of the problems, the tug of war, is that a child shouldn't be responsible for family when he's 16, 17 years old. You know, he should be responsible for, you know, getting the best education he can get and then ensuring that when he does finish his education that he can then help the family. But when you put the responsibilities on somebody at that age just because they've got some athletic talent, uh, that, that's, that's part of the problem here. And it's got to be solved, and it's still going to be, there's still going to be all kinds of issues with the street agents and how money gets from agents or uh, other people too, like now financial managers who want to control of, and they'll give upfront money now so the people will sign contracts with them. So that's another whole element in this thing that I don't think existed before. Yeah, it, look, it's it's extraordinarily complicated. It's it's uh, it seems as though every every organization is some way complicit. Whether you say the NCAA, which doesn't have the manpower. Uh, to do the things that the FBI and, as you mentioned before, even the IRS will probably get involved as well. Yep. Uh, the, the NBA has to get involved. And, of course, the whole situation with, with the sneaker companies. And let's not forget AAU basketball and travel teams. Everybody's involved in this in some way. And, and you mentioned you, you think there should be a coming together of these organizations. Is that, is that really going to happen? Is that feasible? Well, I, I know the AAU part is just, it's just a name. You know, when you say AAU, you're really kind of saying out-of-season uh, out basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a loose, I think, description of, of what kids do uh, when they're not playing for their uh, high school team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's even talk right now that we might go, I mean, this is, it's really jarring our system that maybe instead of having the college level now, that when a kid is uh, wants to go to college, uh, there'd be a professional, uh, like in Europe, where you have a pro team and then you have a junior pro team. Right. So kids now at 15 and 16 could sign junior pro contracts 
and they make uh, you know considerably less than what the professional players in Europe make. But they go to school during the day uh, after working out in the morning, and then team workouts in the afternoon. Uh, they they have a lot of. Uh, the right people around them, and then they go to their pro team as they get older. So it's, I guess it's going to make us put everything out on the board. But uh, we got to, everybody involved in basketball has got to look at this and say, you know, this is bad. I mean, I don't know how many kids are going to lose their college eligibility right now. Uh, how many people have, have been running around? And the problem, you know, if you're in a conference and you don't, uh, you're trying to do things the right way, and people are getting fired all the time at the college level because they're not winning. There's pressure on these college coaches to, to maintain their jobs. Of course. And after a while, I think people that would never get involved in things like this are looking at the future, and they decide to uh, hire an assistant coach who has been a good recruiter, and sometimes with that, you're bringing in somebody that the good recruiting is coming from a gray area. And I think in a lot of these cases, that's what the coaches feel compelled to do because of the pressure to get to the tournament. The amount of money they make with it is the requisite pressure, and that's what they're that's what they're going to say is the reason why uh, you know they they enter into this world. I, I'm just curious, and we'll get the calls in a second here, Bob. I mean, you have not one but two boys who are Division One coaches, head coaches. Have you talked to them at all about uh, what they've seen or what they've witnessed, or perhaps they've seen they've lost prospects to, uh, to you know, from these sneaker wars? And yeah, you know, I I think it, you know, and I I get with with Bobby and and Danny, I get two different perspectives. Yeah. Because with uh, with Danny at the Atlantic Ten level, you don't have kids that think that they're one and dones. So the the recruiting is a lot more uh, traditional. Mm-hmm. With with Bobby at Arizona State, uh, the kids that pay, play in the Pac-12, many of them think that they are going to be you know uh, one and done. Well, if you look last year at the at the draft, Fultz and mm-hmm. and uh, and Ball one and two came right. out of the Pac-12. Right. So those type players that are good enough to be one and done are the kind of kids you have to go after to compete. And when you do that, all of a sudden you find that at that level, there's a lot more going on. You know, it's it's a much more difficult thing because those guys are so close to being pros that people are all over the place. So it's very different from the highest level of Division One down one level to the, uh, you know, the Atlantic 10 and and leagues like that, so it's a little different. But they feel the pressure because the, uh, you know, it's all about winning. It's, uh, you know, getting to the tournament and getting deeper in the tournament. Every time you accomplish something, then the next thing is expected. So it's, uh, it's tough. Uh, it's, it's no question. It's, uh, it's a tremendous, tremendous grind. As you said, it's all about winning at, at, at the, uh, the, at the D one level. Okay, let's get to some calls here. Let's start with Tom. In uh, Westchester County, Tom. Good morning. You're on the fan. Good, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Coach Charlie. How are you? Good, Tom. How you doing? You, you, you know me, Coach. Just just let me preface it by saying that uh, I've had interaction with Coach Kelly for more than several years. Oh, I, I know. Tom. Yes, uh, yes, Tom. How you doing? I've had a tragic year, Coach, but I'll, uh, you know, I'm going to be all right. I lost my son in February. Never ironic. What it is that so many kids came through that we've been able to work with, and uh, and I lose my own boys. So 
I'm sorry. But I didn't call in for that reason. Uh, I am one of those AAU coaches that takes great offense when I hear radio hosts disparage AAU coaches uh, because I would like to think, and Coach Hurley may or may not back up, there are a lot of us who did very good work. Absolutely. And when, Absolutely. And who were not in it for financial reasons. Quite honestly, I wish I had some of that money back that I put into what went into the kids. But that's not what this is about. There's thousands of AAU people, thousands of them, who drive kids home at night for no compensation, who devote their time, energies, money, resources in the betterment and the fulfillment of kids' lives. And unfortunately, unfortunately, none of us look for any credit, or a, but we're lumped in by radio talk show hosts who love to point out that the knuckleheads that are involved in AAU. Well, Tom, let me, let me just, very bad name. Tom, let me jump in here, and, and uh, I, I thank you for your, your call and your perspective. And, you know, speaking for myself, and I'm sure for Coach Hurley as well, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, yes, it, it's easy uh, to generalize, overgeneralize about AAU or other travel programs and other sports and say, oh, it's all a bad thing, it's all corrupt. But we, we are well aware of the fact that there are a number uh, of uh, terrific people who are involved in, in, these, in AAU and other coaching programs who do a great job and have, have all the right values when it comes to helping the kids. We know that. But unfortunately, you know, when you hear these, these, these scandals, uh, with bribery and stuff, and unfortunately, organizations like AAU, you know, they they pop up, uh, and and that's unfortunate. But that's that's the reality of where we are today, Bob. And I, I know you feel the same way. Well, your Tom's organization out in Westchester has done a great job. I had kids from Jersey City travel all the way out there because they did things for the right reasons. And in fact, uh, one of his uh, his coaches, uh, Rob Rizzo, was so good that I asked if he would come and coach at St. Anthony's, which he did for a few years. Mm-hmm. And he was he was commuting all the way from Yonkers to Jersey City just to coach. Tremendous bunch of guys. I had some very, very successful uh, stories of kids that played there. But it's unfortunate that the, the ones, like in anything, the ones that just are running around paint the whole group with the same uh, brush. Yeah, I hear you. All right, well, I got to take another uh, time out here. We're talking this morning with Coach Bob Hurley, and obviously uh, we're talking about what's going on in the world of of amateur and college basketball. And of course, the number here is one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let me take a pause. We'll come back more. Stay with me. And don't forget, at uh, nine o'clock this morning, following this program, there's more NFL football coming your way live from Wembley Stadium in London. Miami Dolphins uh, were taking on the New Orleans Saints. And as always, I ask you to check out my website at AskCoachWolf.com where you can post thoughts, comments, and read uh, my, my opinions on the topics we cover on the show. Right now we're chatting with uh, Bob Hurley of St. Anthony's fame. And uh, before I forget, I do want to mention that the Hurley Family Foundation Golf Classic is coming up this Thursday, October 5th. It's going to be held at the Maplewood Country Club in Maplewood, New Jersey. Uh, and if you want to register or get more information, here's what you do. You just go online to the HurleyFamilyFoundation.com. And again, make sure you, you put the word in the, the HurleyFamilyFoundation.com. 
the foundation's mission is to provide athletic opportunities to the youth of Jersey City. They provide uh, basketball instruction to boys and girls ages 8 through 17 at the the grassroots level, and they encourage participation in other sports as well. Again, uh, make sure you register for the golf uh, tournament, which takes place this uh, Thursday the 5th at Maplewood Country Club, the HurleyFamilyFoundation.com. Bob, let's get back to our call since our time is short. Let's go to uh, let's go to Scott over in Jersey. Scott, morning. You're on the fan. Uh, morning, Coach, and morning, Coach Hurley. Uh, I morning, Scott. Coach, I played for Coach Hurley over 40 years ago, and uh, what he what his program is is life lessons. He taught his players life lessons from player one to player 15. They left that program knowing the right thing to do in almost any situation. Uh, what hard work meant and what dedication meant. And those lessons we carried on to life. Coach, could you talk a little bit about how you, how you instill that in your players, uh, how uh, there's a little sense of entitlement now, but your program, I don't see that, because you treat every player from 1 to 15 the same way. If the star player misses practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, he may not play Friday night. Yeah, for, for, you know, Scott was uh, Scott's part of a state championship in 1976, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, has uh, you know, I, I he knows that like uh, high school coaching, it's about building relationship. That's a lifelong relationship. Mm-hmm. So when you're working with a kid from age 14 through 17, in addition to like being the coach. You'd like to also offer some advice about important things. You know, uh, when you grow up in the city, uh, you know, who you're associating with, you know, the hours that you spend outside of the house, uh, you know, the, the classes you're taking in school, uh, the way you conduct yourself, who you represent. All those things are very important so that the at the end of the process, uh, like winning is something that can come, but it's the manner that you do it. You know, we we always said it was the St. Anthony way was a certain way that the kids acted You know, with the kids. Maybe I was a maniac on the sideline, but the kids during the game would never talk to the opponent or talk to the referees. Uh, we would play very hard, shake hands, go in the locker room, discuss what happened, and go back the next day to practice and work again. And then just try to be, you know, in the city of Jersey City for a very long time, just to be something that families are proud of and kids know that there's a standard that you had to meet in order to play there. And somebody like Scott, who just retired from his job, and it seems like it was only yesterday we were heading to a state championship game. It's, uh, you know, these are the lifelong things that you, you know, it's part of being involved in sports. Well, I, I, I will, first of all, uh, for those who listen to me on the show for a number of years, they know that obviously I embrace uh, that philosophy, but but coach and Scott, uh, you know, he, Scott was talking about the fact that, um, you know, that's the way it was back in the seventies, and that I think, Bob, that's how it pretty much was across the board. But as as the years have passed, uh, you know, th- those kind of uh, programs that uh, you built uh, and and the ethics and, and the values that are instilled between the coach and the one's players. It seems to become something of a, of a dinosaur, an anachronism that, you know, look around today and, and the, 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 as we know, coaches, particularly at the high school level, are besieged by parents who want to know how come their kids aren't getting more playing time or my kid is a star of his travel team and how come you aren't doing more for, for my kid. It just seems like, uh, well, we, we know there's a tremendous migration of talented high school and dedicated high school coaches 
who are saying, you know, this is not fun for me. I'm just going to walk away. It's a real national concern, not just a local one. Absolutely. The, uh, you know, when, uh, when Scott played in the 70s or any of the kids over the course of time, uh, I know in my own case growing up, my, uh, my dad was happy that I was uh, playing, a team, uh, playing on a team, but there wasn't this, and I had other siblings, so there wasn't this uh, fascination with my career. You know, uh, he got to games when he could, but there, was, there were a lot of other things to being part of a household than like just following your children's athletic success but I think as time has gone on people have more time uh, they want to spend time with the kids and and sometimes it gets to a point where they they're you know it's happened in a lot of cases with us people would come on a Saturday and Sunday and drop their child off at practice and want to stay and watch the practice uh, that's okay maybe occasionally but that you know it's it's uncomfortable for the child it's uncomfortable for the assistant coaches it was never really uncomfortable for me because I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna coach, and sometimes you're, uh, uh, you need to be, uh, to you, you need to uh, uh, wake someone up who's not performing by by challenging them. Uh-huh. If that's awkward for the parent, then you realize that you know it, there is a spot where you uh, you got to separate. And uh, Morgan Wooten, who was a great great high school coach from uh, from DeMatha High School has something on his basketball camp web- website and it's called 14 points for being a key parent and it really gives parents good advice about the relationship with them their child and their high school coach and um some of the things are like one thing which is really good is the first thing the parents should say to the child after they play is I really wa- enjoyed watching you play today mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. end it right there. Right. Not go through the, uh, you know, you should have taken that shot in the second quarter or uh, you're not, you know, swinging a bat, you're not keeping your head in, all of these things. And then another one is when you want to know as a high school player, what your situation is with your coach, go to the assistant coach and say, I'd like to talk to you and about how I can help the team more. And the assistant coach and the player can talk, and then the assistant coach and the player and the head coach can talk. And then that, that child should relay this to the parent because the parental meetings, there are too many of them right now. You know, it disrupts team play, and it also keeps the child from being responsible for his own career. So we've made that something now that uh, we've done it for about six years. It really helped the separation, made the relationship with the parent better, and made the kid more responsible for communicating what the coaches say, and then really listening to the coach about what he needs to do. You know, Bob, as I said at the outset of this hour, I I could just, uh, you know, spend a lot of time listening to you and your philosophy. It is just, it rings so true. It's so simple. It's so pure. Uh, The level of communication, uh, if more and more parents and more and more coaches uh, basically just communicated and listened to what the coaches are trying to say to their children, it would make this whole process a lot, lot easier for everybody involved. And, and Bob, I just have to, again, it's, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on this morning from uh, Nebraska, of all places. <laughs> it's, it's really just an honor and a privilege to have you on my show. Because as I said, you know, we, we know there are a lot of talented coaches out there. We know that. But uh, you, you have obviously set a standard in your career uh, that all coaches at the high school or collegiate or travel team level should be aspiring to. And Bob, uh, thank you again, so much. I thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again down the road. Okay, Rick. Thanks, Bob.
And that, that of course, is the legendary Bob Hurley uh, from St. Anthony's, as I said. And I mean this quite sincerely. He brings so much wisdom to the whole process of coaching kids today. And he started it back in the, in the 70s. And he really intends. He hasn't really changed his philosophy that much. He's picked up a few things along the way, as all good coaches do. But he understands that parents want to see their kids do well. He understands that parents want to see their kids, uh, you know, play up to their potential. But Bob is, a, you know, he's he's very straightforward. And and again, uh, his advice on 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 learning to talk to your kids, talk to the coaches, and do it in a very civil and calm manner. That really is the, the trick of all this, and honestly, I, I think it's just wonderful advice. And again, don't forget uh, the, uh, the Hurley Family Foundation Golf Classic this Thursday the 5th. Uh, just go to uh, theHurleyFamilyFoundation.com where you can register for this, uh, this wonderful fundraiser. Okay, let me take a pause. I'll be back. Big Wolf Sports Radio 1019 FM Sports Radio 66, WFAN. Back here on the Sports Edge, uh, you know, it was such a a thrill to have uh, Bob Hurley on the show this morning because, again, he's just very straightforward. Uh, There's no no frills, no no complications. He he basically is a coach uh, who obviously spent his entire career uh, at, at St. Anthony's, uh, setting all sorts of records, having such ex- extraordinary success. But along the way, and more than just all the wins and the championships, he, you know, he, he taught his players all the right things. I mean, he, he saw the role as a coach as being somebody, uh, as in effect, uh, an extension of, of a kid's family, uh, where he's reinforcing things. And we use these terms all the time on the show, but they're so essential, uh, a sense of, of values, a sense of ethics, teaching kids to, to think for themselves, to, to think ahead about the consequences of their, of their actions and what they say, to basically teach them how to do the right thing. Um, Coach Hurley, obviously, and we heard from one of the callers, one of his former players from many years ago, Scott, uh, was talking about that, you know, Coach Hurley t- treated all the players exactly the same way it's not to say they didn't sometimes you would get one kid and have to give him a little bit of a you know um, a push uh, in terms of getting them to play harder or whatever or to play up to their potential but as, as Scott and the coach said he treated the kids there was no sense of entitlement everybody was on the team you were taught a certain way to behave uh, during the game there was no showing off there was no uh, nonsense in terms of, of, of taunting opponents none of that stuff you just came and you played the game hard and you hoped that you won. And those are the kind of lessons that you want. If you're a parent today, I would like to assume that you want those kind of lessons to be uh, taught to your son or your daughter. Uh, yeah, maybe they're old-fashioned. Maybe they're old-fashioned lessons, but you know what? They are essential, essential life lessons. Uh, and as I said, it, it's these are the kind of lessons that, that really do last a lifetime. And I go back to that caller, Scott saying, you know, he just retired, and, and he, all those lessons that Coach Hurley taught him back in the 70s have stayed with him all these years, and that's all that, that you know, as, as a parent, a sports parent, we know the odds of your kid ever going on to play college or pro ball is pretty slim, but you, they are going to get the benefit of a good, solid education, which will take them to the places they want to go in life. And, and as I said, parents, that's, if you want the best for your kids, 
I, I point to people like, like Bob Hurley, who obviously has done this his entire life and, and basically made it straightforward and simple. And, uh, you know, the parents and the kids understand, you know, how extraordinarily powerful and dynamic he was in terms of making a difference with, with kids and, and sports today. And again, I, I, I salute Bob and I hope to have him on the show again because he speaks, he quite frankly speaks the truth, particularly in what's going on with the sneaker uh, briberies and everything else. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Brian Rascona. Please stick around for NFL football. That is straight ahead. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.